Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? I'm stealing Michael's job. I'm looking at the surprised look on his face because he was counting down for us to start the show, and I just jumped right in there. You got it, dude. Like, keep it going. Like, don't stop. <laughs> Go ahead. So, just... my, my name's my name's Ryan. I'm out of Indiana, and I got my uh, co-host Michael here, and he is out of Victoria, Texas, and we are a 30k podcast. What's um, going on, guys? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> Uh, I just thought I'd, uh, I felt, felt froggy there. I felt froggy for a second, figured I'd just jump right in, spice things up. Hey, dude, you just, hey, you know what? I like it. (laughs) That's how we need to do it from here on out. I bet you everybody that listened to is like, what the fuck? Is that, is that Ryan opening up with it? Yeah. Uh, Uh, Anyway, thought that would be fun just to jump in there. I was going to do it last time. I was actually, I've been thinking about this. This has been a devious plan of mine for a while, but last time I just missed the countdown. And uh, you started, and I was like, eh, we'll, we'll save it for later. We'll put that put that in the bag for later usage. <laughs> it's perfect, dude. I liked it. You, you got it down. You got the whole the whole cadence down and everything. And it's funny how, uh, how everybody, like, <laughs> I guess the what's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners. <laughs> like, uh... Uh, apparently it's uh, pretty easy to mimic. Uh, Zach did it on the uh, on the webcast, and when did he do it? Uh, this last episode. <laughs> oh, I didn't listen to that one. Unfortunately, I should have checked it out. I was on the phone at work. I was doing actually doing work stuff at work, and my alarm. I have an alarm set for uh, nine twenty five because that's when you got you know you guys usually you're supposed to start at nine thirty, but it's usually about nine forty. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, Late Legion. Yeah, so. I set my alarm so that it would go off and I know to fire up YouTube or whatever, but I was on the phone uh, dealing with some work stuff and I, the alarm went off and I turned it off and was dealing with some work crap. And by the time I remembered, Oh shit, I was supposed to start up YouTube. It, it was already too late. So I gotcha. I go, I'll go back and watch it though. I just didn't get to watch it live, but I'll probably go back and watch it this week. It was a fun episode, dude. I was on there. Uh, we were talking about steel Dawn and stuff like that. The old movie. Do you remember that movie? Dawn. Steel Dawn. Don't know what that is. Yeah, well, Zach does because it's from the 80s. I know Red Dawn. Nope, Steel Dawn. Oh, what is? I want to say it's a Patrick Swayze, but that's Red Dawn. No, maybe it's not Steel. No, maybe it's not Patrick Swayze. Hold on, I'll look it up. Oh, it's coming is it the up. The movie where the high school kids fight the no, Russians no, no, and no, Mexicans. No, 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 no that's no, no, Red Dawn. I know. I know what Red Dawn is. Like everybody knows what Red Dawn is. Steel Dawn is maybe it's not all that hate will burn you up, boy. Keeps me warm. It is Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze is in it. Uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, a warrior wandering through the desert comes upon a group of settlers who are being menaced by a murderous gang that is after the water they control. Steel Dawn. So it's yeah. American Mad Max. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, American Mad Max with the Sways. Huh, I never heard of that movie. Is it any good? I, didn't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen huh. it. I, the only reason it was even brought up... Okay, since we're just going to go into this, guys, like, welcome to the show. <laughs> like, here it is. So... <laughs> Uh, if you if you follow our, our our Facebook page and you you follow our Facebook group, we have a we've been, I've been posting a lot of pictures where I've been in cahoots with uh, Comrade Quiche, the three D model arts designer, and he designed up some Cortis Contemptor legs, and so those actually got sent off to the printers. Talking like right now, if you're listening to this episode while we're recording. Uh, they officially are getting printed, like, right now. Like, they got accepted by design, they're getting printed, and then they're not even coming to me. They're going straight over to a caster who's going to cast them up and all that jazz to to get them out to you guys. But what Zach was bringing up is he, he looked at the legs themselves, and there's one portion of the legs where Comrade Quiche kind of made the kneecap it's kind of like a like a w it's like kind of it's not really a w it's like an indention you know what i'm talking about ryan on the kneecaps of the the cortis that that got designed up those legs how it's kind of got like the two points on the kneecap yes well in this movie steel dawn at one point uh the bad guy like he's beating up patrick swayze and he bends his knee and a little knife comes up from behind his kneecap like like in his little knee pad and okay. he like knees Patrick Swayze with like the, the kneecap knife. And he's like, man, he's, okay. like, that's, he's like, that's way cool to have your Cortis have this like special kneecapper like that, like beats the shit out of dude. <laughs> like he like the Cortis. <laughs> so the Cortis like goes over to like some little poor dude and grabs him behind the head, like in the tie plum and then like knees him. And not only is that like, not enough for like a dreadnought to grab like some normal sized dude in the type on the meme. It has to have like a little fucking blade in there too. <laughs> yeah, man. Like you gotta you gotta think about it. These are these are superhumans that they're fighting now. Like when they built contemptors, they weren't thinking that they were gonna be fighting space marines. They're like, oh, we're gonna have to go quell like civil unrest. So we're gonna have to send these contemptors. They just have to look scary. They don't actually have to do anything. And then by the time they were making Cortis Dreadnoughts, they were like, fuck, dude, we got to put, like, we got to leave these bonding studs on them so they're so bolt shells will bounce off of them. And then we got to make them be able to fucking <laughs> grab a Space Marine and just chunk them into their knee if they had to, break them up. Well, so, so from now on, I imagine whenever, Michael, whenever these Cortis Dreads fight somebody, it's going to look like Anderson Silva versus Rich Franklin, where he gets him the tie plum and just knees him to oblivion, but with knife knees. Yes, with nice. So yeah. any, anybody who uh, watches UFC will get that. If you don't watch UFC, just uh, Google Anderson Silva versus Rich Franklin and watch the total destruction that I'm talking about. <laughs> the total destruction of a face. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about what we were going to go over this episode. Nope. We jumped right into some Patrick Swayze movie I'd never heard about. Yeah. So anyway, guys, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than any one that we've ever done because uh, the the voicemail element, the hotline element that we've included. Um, so the response was overwhelming on the, the voicemails. We've got, I think, 16 voicemails. There's a mixture of, like, stories and questions and, like, events and everything like that. And we're going to play every one of them. 
but before we do, we're going to go over some things. We're going to, of course, go through our hobby progress, what we've been working on, all that jazz. Uh, there wasn't too many Forge Roll releases since we've last talked that, that really matter. There's that uh, Primus Medicaid guy. Yeah, the, the exclusive model. Yeah, and then um, I think they released the arms for the... Uh, the Legion-specific weapons, like the Nostromon chain glaives and all that? Or? Well, that and the Dorado arms, the last cannon Dorado oh, arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we can go over that, but, I mean, we can go over the rules. Uh, but then after that, I mean, we have three lists that we're going to go... Oh, well, actually, we'll go Hobby Progress. We'll go over some stuff that Forge released. Then we'll have... The voicemails, we'll go through all the voicemails so you can hear all the different things that people called in and talk about. And then we'll uh, go into three separate lists. Uh, the list we're going to go over, uh, one's going to be a 2500 Solar Auxilla list. Uh, the other one's going to be a 2500 point... Uh, what was this? I want to say this was white scars. White scars, yeah, white scars list. And, and then there's uh, twenty five hundred Imper- imperial fist, twenty five hundred imperial fist list. So white scars, solar ox, and imperial fist. We had a guy that was asking us to like look over some some world eater stuff. Apparently, we don't get enough world eater stuff, but it seems pretty straightforward. But anyway, so that's gonna be our show, guys. Uh, I guess let's just jump in, Ryan. What? what what you been working on, buddy? So for Hobby Progress, I got uh, all the Blood Angel stuff done that I need to get done for Adepticon. I finally finished it. I finished the sponsor. So for this week, I painted a full Rhino plus a whole bunch of uh, turrets to go on top of it. I painted an Assault Cannon turret. Um, a heavy bolter turret, and then the normal doors that go on top. Right. And then I painted two sets of, so four total, uh, last cannon sponsons to swap out assault cannon sponsons that I already have done for last cannons. Um, so th- I got all that done, and then I also painted the another jet bike. So I had, I had one jet bike left to go to finish the other squad, or like half of a jet bike, so I finished that. And right now... I am sitting and as we're actually doing this episode, working on some veteran tactical guys. So here's the thing. So I already have 20 uh, tactical Marines for my blood angels painted, but they were before I, I had them. I started on them and painted them before the blood angel specific heads and torsos came out. So they're just like dudes with bolt guns or whatever that are in Mark four armor and they're already done. So I could call it good. Like if Adepticon was tomorrow, I had I have models to run my list that are fully painted. Okay. That being said, I built these guys that have the Legion specific heads and torsos, and using the uh, the plastic uh, calf sets, and I built twenty more. And these guys have the combat blade on the backpack and the holstered pistol, where they actually um, more represent veterans. So I want to get these guys done for Adepticon, but it's not critical, if that makes any sense. Right. So I'm working on these guys just to look like whenever I have time. So like as we're recording right now, I'm painting on them, but they don't. If they didn't get done, it wouldn't really matter, but I do want to get them done. Um, so besides that, 
I paint, I airbrushed uh, all of my black shields, so they are fully airbrushed and ready to go. So Monday, uh, I will be starting on my black shields, painting on them, like actual painting on them with a brush. That's way exciting. So from from here until stiff slash adepticon, all of my hobby progress should pretty much just be black shield progress. And then, like I said, I'll, I'll be working on these Blood Angels just off and on whenever I get a free, you know, minute. They're just kind of a side project that it's not 100% critical if I get done, but I do want to get done. And I have 19 of them to paint, just these 19 infantry. My display board's done. Like I said, the list is built. I did have to change the list slightly. Um, I played it the other day without the melt bombs in it, and it was... Uh, way less effective than I thought it would be. I thought it would be fine without the melt bumps, but it hit the list harder than I thought. So I had to go back in, and it's pretty much the exact same army. I sent you the list changes, I think. Yeah. That I put out there. I basically just swapped. I had jet bikes that were just the standard jet bikes with the heavy bolters in them. I swapped those over to the heavy support version. So they're the same models. I just put multi-melts on all of them, basically. Okay. And, and then... um put some more attack bikes in the army to put a few more assault cannons in there to maybe try to rend some vehicles. And then, um, I think that was pretty much it. Basically just like gave it a little bit more anti-tank while trying to maintain, you know, the list is pretty much the same. I had, uh, I had 10 guys with Volkite chargers in the army in a rhino. And obviously that's like a pure anti-infantry unit. So I got rid of those and put in more attack bikes and then moved the jet bikes over to heavy support and gave them all multi-meltas. Dang, it's crazy how much that melt-a-bomb FAQ makes a difference. Uh, yeah, I've gotten quite a few emails about, well, you know, I was playing this and, like, we just got one. We're going to do it next week, but I just got a white scar list that's wanting to know if there's enough anti-tank in there. And I was talking with... Uh, one of the guys from the Bay Area Heresy Group on Facebook, we were just chatting in Facebook Messenger, and um, he mentioned that he plays White Scars and was the new FAQ really hit his list hard, and he was asking if I had any ideas um, on things to do. So it was kind of... I'm not going to get into it again because we talked about it last episode uh, briefly, just like quick things you could do you know, about like adding in the speeders with the graviton and the multi-melta, things like that. So yep. I've kind of just taken my own advice and just, you know, taken some things that were pure anti-infantry, like the Volkite squad and the jet bike squad and just swapping it over to something that deals with tanks better. More tank dedicated role. Yeah. It seems like a two thirds to one third <clears throat> is like, what it's been moving to like two thirds of your army's anti-tank one thirds anti-infantry is kind of yeah and some things like deal dual purpose like it's it's a little bit of a blessing that's the one great thing about the assault cannon it's not like we've talked about it it's you don't definitely don't want to just put assault cannons in your army and think oh well i'll just rely on rins from anti-tank like it's not it's not that good at the dedicated anti-tank role no but that being said you know, it's definitely better anti-tank than guys with Volkite chargers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least there's a chance. So, 
that is the one nice thing about them is there always is the chance like it's not super highly probable that you're going to do something to like armor 14 and you sure certainly shouldn't rely on it but you know it's always you know it's good to think about putting things in your list that serve that dual purpose role so if you can take like quad mortars or shatter shells they're really good dual purpose or um i was just had it like uh attack bikes with multi-meltas because you have like five bikes and they all have multi-meltas and they all get to shoot their combi bolters as well like shooting that into a tactical squad is still going to kill a bunch of guys just like shooting it into a tank has a good chance of killing a tank right uh javelin land speeders because you can put you know the twin link cyclone on them and then they you can put a multi-melta on it once again a unit of three of those shooting three crack missiles and three multi-meltas will kill attack squad it'll also mess up a tank so I feel like um, if you can put those dual-purpose units in, that's good. I mean, you can build an army, I guess, that what I'm saying, that's almost 100% dedicated anti-tank, and you're likely to still have enough anti-infantry to deal with infantry as well in most cases. Yeah, just over there's enough the infantry. <laughs> yeah, there's just enough uh, dual-purpose stuff out there. So this kind of gets into like what we were talking about with the melt bomb thing. The reason I'm not a fan is because, like I said, it... it I feel like it squeezes out a lot of units that it's like, well, I'll take these Volkite Charger guys, but the problem is they're only good at killing infantry, and now we're going to see less infantry. So it kind of, not only do they have this one purely defined role that that's all that they're good at, but the, they're not, they're going to have less targets as well. Right. So, anyway, it is what it is until something changes or maybe doesn't change. <laughs> but that's that's basically what i've been working on just kind of you know adapting I, I i swapped that list over a little bit it's the basically all i did was drop that one volkite charger unit and put in some more attack bikes and then just repurpose my jet bikes other than that the list is basically the same and then that's it that's pretty much my hobby progress i drug out all my battle tech stuff um i got a friend local guy all the talk of BattleTech in the last couple episodes uh, has like got the juices flowing again to try that out. So I drug out all my models, and another local guy here at the club drug out his models, and he actually put together a bunch of mechs and uh, base coded them or primed them yesterday while I was working on these Blood Angel guys. So I promised him that as soon as I get all the crap ready for Adepticon and Stiff, which is basically going to be right up until Adepticon and Stiff happen. So right after that, I'll probably paint up some mechs and play some Battletech with him. That's dope, dude. Hell yeah. That's way cool. So what have you been working on? Dude, this week has been like one of the busiest, like, I want to say like admin horse heresy stuff going on for me. <laughs> like model wise, I think uh, I got a decent amount of work done. I got my heads in from Anvil Industries. So during the webcast, I was building up a Talarn guy, kind of Talarn looking guy, Desert Raider style in a Proteus. So I kind of got the Proteus built up and I got the dude in the copula with his hand up with binoculars and I use these badass new, uh, I'm sorry, not Anvil Industries, Mad Robot Miniatures. Uh, I use the Mad Robot Miniatures. Uh, they got these new headsets out, which are like um, the Desert Raider styles with the the Shamas. 
And yeah. so I have these dudes in Shamas like sitting up in my canopy now. And uh, I actually had some Death Corp guys lying around. And so I trimmed them down to the belt and put the uh, Anvil Industries. I'm sorry. God, I keep saying Anvil Industries. I'm so used to using their stuff. I use the uh, the Mad Robot torsos. They're like desert torsos to mm-hmm. um, make it look like they have robes or the cloaks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, with those like cool boots. If you, if you need more legs, there's a company called Max Mini that makes great coat legs that look very close to the Krieg legs, where you can just buy the legs. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more interested in the boots. Like, and I think Mad Robot makes the boots. Like, you know, the boots with like where basically they like wrap the pants up i don't i don't know what that's called um, right I, I get what you're saying like the creed guys have boots and then they have wrappings on top of like the upper part of the boot to seal them yeah yeah so like i think like they do that so they don't get sand in their shit in uh in the talarn shit but i don't know i shouldn't be using too many legs like i should be just uh and this is an army that's like scheduled for build off in like april of next year so this isn't like something that I worked on for Adepticon or anything like that. This is like an army that won't see fruition for a long time, but it's something that I, as soon as I saw that mad robot had just released these minis, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to go ahead and support this. I'm going to go ahead and buy these now. And then once you get them in, you can't not build what you want. And I had a Proteus lying around. So I was like, yeah, I got to go ahead and put this all together just to see how it looks. And concept came out. It looks fucking dope. Like I'm super excited to run, Survivors of the Dark Age, Proteus, just Protei running around, and just like a bunch of sand, sand dudes, sand dudes. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I also hobby progress wise, I've been working on my display board. So I tried out this new company called Smooth On. Uh, John Carlo over at the Perils of the Wallet suggested a a different because you know i've cast up bases or whatever in the past but i've always used a 7111 uh plastil and so he suggests he's like hey man you should try this out the smooth on stuff and i was like all right well for my my display board whenever i'm casting up all these um these dreadnought drop pod doors i'll go ahead and try this smooth on stuff and dude i used it it is dope like it works out just fine and uh, it's it's not as like soft and spongy as like the seventy one eleven stuff, but for what I'm using it for, like it worked out just just great. And so, and it's cheaper, dude. It's probably like a third of, or maybe two thirds the price of the seventy one eleven. So, if you're out there, you're thinking about casting up your own bases or something like that, look up a company called Smooth On. It's a great product. It's so solid. So, uh, last night, me and Derek, my buddy Derek. The one, you know, Space Wolf story, whatever. Probably listening right right now. What's going on, Derek? Uh, So we went to that event yesterday in San Antonio, the murder event. And when I came back, dude, we got back at like 11 or so. And I was like, well, let's go ahead and get these doors casted up. (laughs) So like late last night, man, we were casting up doors, like getting it right. The first set came out all fucking wonky because the mold wasn't even. So we had to like get a level out and put it like kind of shim it up and get it leveled right before we can start casting again so casted two doors last night got them 
like put on my display board. And then once I get done with this podcast, I'm gonna go ahead and drill out the holes for the LEDs just to test fit them, and make sure everything fits right. And then, uh, and then it's off to paint, man. I'll paint that one square, see how everything looks, get an idea. I think you get to run it in the competitive event where they don't care about display boards. Oh, they do. I talked with Eric. I made sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please. I was, I was, get on you. I was like, please to... take my display board. I'm yeah. Just trying to be. But uh, I had a question for you, aesthetic wise. Okay. So, what color would you think the interior of a Blood Angel ship would be? Cream. Cream. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Same beige then. Same page. I just think that, like, if you 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 saw my uh, Zone Mortalis tiles, right? Like the floor color of my Zone Mortalis. I yeah. love that color, that cream color I did. Well, the cream color I'm thinking of, I don't think I have pictures of it. But did, did you ever see the? Just pictures? go to uh, just go to Forge World's website and look up their Zone Mortalis tiles. Like well, the the ones that they have painted on their website, they're they're done in like a cream color, an off white cream color. Uh, I was actually looking at Jay painted um, the tiles for the Mechanicum tiles that we had. Okay. And it's like a it's like a cream like more a little bit darker of a cream like a desert kind of color. And I think that's the color I was going to go with, but I wasn't sure if that was something that would make sense for Blood Angels to have. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to do the whole thing like in that cream. Do really because there's only two tiles because the dreadnought drop pods with the doors open take up so much space that there will only be two squares like actually probably three squares but only half of two of a square of space where they can walk through to get into their drop pods and so i'm going to have everything all nice and colored cream wise and then i'm going to go through and like really rough up the area where they'd be walking you know, gotcha. Yeah, like do like a chipping technique or something like that. Yeah, because you got fucking massive as Leviathans walking through a, a, a an area. So, but he, I know he said he got that paint that he was using. I know he said he got it at, um, I believe Walmart. I believe it's like some desert color or something like that. So, well, definitely check out those Forge World tiles too, because that'll give you you know just something else to look at. Yeah, because they did all theirs in a cream color. I think they're pale, right? They're like, I know, I know which ones you're talking about. The Zomortalis tiles are kind of like, almost have like a a, a a blue tint if you're thinking about like photography. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, let me look real quick. If you just go to Forge World's website, it's how they, it's, if you just click on their Zomortalis tiles and look at the painted pictures. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Mm, not. I'm looking at more of a warmer color, but I'll okay. send you a picture whenever uh, I'll get a I'll get a picture from Jay and I'll send it to you and I, I'll post it online, guys, as well with the uh, with the picture dump so y'all can see. But it's a little bit warmer of a color. I see what you're talking about though, the cream with the metal outlining and all that jazz. That's how I did mine. The floor of mine is the cream color with the metal outlining, and then the walls I did in a dark green on mine. On my Zomortalis, but I didn't mean it to be anything. I just thought the colors looked good together. So I'll do green or that. What do you what do you think that cream and gold maybe? No. I would just do cream on all of it. It'd be a lot easier. Or you could do cream and like do the walls red and then the floor cream. 
I don't have any walls. I won't have. Oh any walls. well, just do the floor cream then. That's all I would do. And then the metal in between, I just paint metal. Okay. So yeah, so that that's one thing that I've been working on. Uh, casted those up. Uh, been working on. Uh, with Comrade Quiche to get these the Cortis done. I appreciate you, your guys' input into that. Ryan, Ryan helped uh, with some some helpful input, and then Tim from Eye of Horus also put his input in there. I had no idea about the the bonding studs, so like that was like such a cool aspect to me that now I tell everybody why those bonding studs are there, and like that was like a huge, like a huge like fluff generator to me. Like, did you know that? Did you know that about the bonding studs? Like, I had no idea. Yeah, they're like a cheap... Well, for one, it was like they ran out of the certain war material, the high-end shit, so they put the botting studs on there as like a stopgap to make it better against Legion Astartes weaponry since they're fighting other Astartes now. And that's like why Mark V has so many studs on it. Because Mark V is just like, you know, scrapped together, like, stopgap armor method with all the studs and shit. Yeah, guys, so when you see the legs and you start seeing all the studs all over it, the reason we put all the big-ass, like, studs on there is because when the Cortis armor was being made, or the Cortis Contemptor was being made, it was, like, legit heresy as fucking happened. We're fighting Space Marines right now. And so it only makes sense that they'd be... Well, for one the molecular bonding process, they couldn't take the time to go through this full molecular bonding process that they do when they make their ceramide armor. And so they would put these bonding studs to hold the armor together. And the space Marines just left the studs in because it turns out that these studs would help stop bolter rounds. And so, I mean, it just makes, that's why they have all these bonding studs all over the Cortis dreadnought legs that we made. I thought that was fucking cool, man. I just like was such a cool aesthetic in my head, and like now that. So are you gonna? Are you just doing legs? Are you? Or have you thought about doing like a, like a shoulder pad kit too, or whatever? Just shoulder pads, or okay. Yeah, just legs. Because then, like the price of the dreadnought, because it it requires a Calth Contemptor, which I'm assuming, because you you can get a Calth Contemptor right now for like twenty five bucks online, right? And then you just three if you know me i've given away like three of them <laughs> yeah no yeah exactly like they, there's so many calf contemptors like not assembled out there and then so you just you trim it down right at the legs and then you glue it to these legs and then these legs are 100 percent posable and then they're poor rear armor poor side armor um they they look like they are rushed to put together so it just turns your calf contemptor into a Cortis Contemptor. It makes it look like a looks rougher, um, right? But and and does it make it look like totally stiff, terrible looking model like the current? Yeah, Calc Contemptor. Yeah. Um, I've had ideas for different arms, but the problem is like I don't know what the like I don't know what the demand would be for like arms and stuff like that. Like it, like replacing legs makes sense. But then, like, if the because you're going to be getting arms and stuff like that, then you're going to have to basically get 
you know, forge world arms or if you, like, we may require you to chop down at the elbow to put the new arm pads on there. I don't know. If I get a bunch of, like, requests to have arms made, let me know. And Well, my thought was that you would just make the upper, the shoulder pad part. But it all, like, like on the on the Kalth Contemptor, that's all one piece, like, for the, right. the assault Right, well, they would, cut, they would cut the arm off at, like, right below the shoulder pad on the Kalth one, because a lot of people do that anyway, so that they can make them into mortises, because right. the arms are all on one side. Right. So, you would basically design a new shoulder pad piece that just replaces that whole shoulder pad, and then you would just lo- use the lower half of the Kalth arm. And you just have to chop off the, I mean, I could do that. Because a lot of people, what they do with the, what I've seen most people do with their cow contemptors is they'll get two yeah. and they'll take it and they'll cut the arms off just like what I'm saying. And then put one of them with dual power fists and then one of them with dual carries and run one as a mortise and one as just a dual power fist with like dual melt guns or dual graviton guns or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, it could be a bit giant flub, dude. Maybe nobody wants posable legs for their Calf Contemptor. Nah, I looks like it's gotten pretty good response. I just figured because the shoulder pads, you could do it if you you'd put the studs on the shoulder pads and made them like look pretty armored in the front, mm-hmm. and then like wrapped around the side, only have it wrap like halfway around, right. and then don't put any studs there, and then in the back leave it totally unarmored, and it gives it even more of that Contemptor look. I'll talk to I'll talk to Comrade Keish about it. I mean. If he's down to do it, man, I'm down to explain it and draw it up. But we'll see where we go. I mean, it, I was just throwing it out there. I mean, I just didn't know. Like, if the legs take off and a bunch of people buy the legs and think it's cool, you know, you could sell, like, because all you're talking about is little bitty shoulder pads. You could almost throw those in with the leg kit, you know what I mean? And it's not going to make, like, increase the cost of it drastically. Right. We'll see where we go. We'll see. I wonder how hard these would be to pop off if I suddenly decided to make it. Or have it have it commissioned up. No. So yeah, so I've been working on that. Uh and been securing a big giant secret that I can't talk about, but Uh oh. Yeah. It's gonna be good times. Did you get your Christmas gift yet? No. No. I sent you in the TFL original guys a christmas gift yeah nothing yet do we want to talk about what it is or do you want to be surprised in a day or two when it gets there uh you can talk about it i'm cool with that what is it what is it you really want to know what it is what is it okay what it is it's pecan brittle i love pecan and i got you normal pecan brittle and chocolate pecan brittle but it's special pecan brittle comes from this place called Ethel M's Chocolates, and they're only in Las Vegas, Nevada. We found them when we went out there. We've been out there to see a couple UFCs, and it's just like a one-off place, and then I think they have a store in the airport, but it's only there in that in the state of Nevada. So it's like the some of the best shit I've ever had. And I was thinking about it, like, you know, because you've gotten some things from Indiana, you got some stuff, and I was like, I want to send them some stuff, and I'm going to have to ship it anyway. So I was thinking about like any of this other good shit I've eaten at other places. I'm like, ah, oh, let's order Ethel M's and just have it sent straight to Michael. So that you guys is. are getting 
guys are getting roughly 50 pieces of pecan brittle, and it's half normal flavored and half chocolate. That's crazy. I'm way, I love trying different different chocolates and different things from other places. So I, I told Josh, because I know about, you know, his little health concerns on okay. eating sugar. So I was like, you have to keep it under control, Josh. If, if I send you sweets and you eat too many of them and die, just know that you're going to like ruin the rest of my life. Like I can't live with that. <laughs> so don't do it. Like this is a gift. It's to be nice. So keep it under control. So you have to help. You have to help keep it under control. Make sure he doesn't like, you know, eat them all at once. You know, ration them out to him. I have no control over Josh. And I think you should know that. No, I know. I he, don't think anybody. If he, he does wants what he to wants. eat the whole box of brittle, he will eat the whole box of brittle. And there's nothing I can do to stop him. Well, even my share, even everybody's share. Like if you just eat them, I can't. I got nothing. <laughs> well, you're getting them. That's what I'm saying. You can just only give him a couple at a time. <laughs> just ration them out. Okay, this, them out. this week you get more brittle. So anyway, you should be getting that any day now. So hopefully you guys like it. That's way exciting. Now I'm excited for brittle. Then we can try. You can you can eat some and tell everybody how good it is. <laughs> or, or how much it sucks maybe I don't know how you could think it sucks it's fucking delicious and you got your candy corn right while yeah, we're dude. talking about food yeah man I come home every day and grab a handful of candy corn from the bag and eat it as soon as I get home like I get I get done telling my kitty what's up put her down eat a handful of candy corn and then just you know so is this a new thing do like we need to like come up with like market on the calendar oh it's time to go get michael more candy corn and mail it to him <laughs> he went through four and a half pounds of candy corn i think i've gone through at least a pound by now that bag is i mean probably a th- maybe a fourth maybe a quarter of it's gone it's that's a, a lot of candy corn. i eat a lot of candy corn i tell everybody to try it when they come over i'm gonna try some of that candy corn it tastes like big league chew Except you can swallow it. Do they like it? Yeah. Nobody's Have you had anybody that's like, uh, this sucks? No, not yet. If I did, I'd kick them out. Everybody seems to enjoy it. I have not had a single person not enjoy it, and I've had people that have like, I'm going to go get some more of that candy corn. They get up out of the chair and go get some more candy corn and come back to sit on the couch. I've not heard back from the Eye of Horse guys. On I, don't, I still think we're still on... Uh, on the, uh, they've only tried Cheez-Its, so I can't, there's no update there. Well, Tim was being super nice and waiting for Michael to come back from the jungles of Australia on his military, or whatever secret mission he had, and so he didn't open up or eat anything. Hopefully, I would imagine that this weekend they had HeroCon, like I saw a bunch of the coverage from HeroCon, I would imagine they had... At least Teddy Graves. Well, hopefully, hopefully they've gotten to try some and gotten good use out of it and liked it. So we'll hear back soon. I'll keep you guys updated. If I had some special, like, non Australian food, like if I had some special non American food and I was at an event, I wouldn't take it with me because I wouldn't want people wanting to try it because I'd be like selfish with it. 
like, nah, this isn't this isn't something you just buy around this corner. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we hear back. Would that be more of a reason to take it and show it off? Be like, look what I got. I got these Teddy Graham things, and no, you can't try them, but they are delicious. No, because then like you get like you do turn into like uh like Smeagol in Lord of the Rings, man. You get all like super protective. It says, My precious. And you like I don't know. You don't want to share your Teddy Grahams. Could you imagine if they had a s'more? Like if they made a s'more there, it's like, yeah, let's like, let's try one. Let's like somebody busted out like a crack lighter and like like roasted the marshmallow real quick and you know, just I don't know, just like I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> Hobo made a s'more real fast, and then they tried it. Like, and then they, like everybody's around them. Like, okay, let me try now. It's like, no. Like, I, just, I was totally on board with us all trying one until I actually tried it. I can't do it. Can't have any of it. <laughs> There's just not fun. enough for all of us. So, I don't know. So yeah. So, man, dude, you ready to get in these voicemails or what? Let's get into them. Let's hear them. What how do you want to do this? Like, how do, I don't know how to do – like, I don't know how I'm going to – like. Well, I've not them. heard any of them. I told you I didn't want to hear any until we get, like, real live reactions. I've heard one because my buddy uh, Scott sent one in, and I, I encouraged him to do it. So I've, I've heard the uh, story that he's going to tell already because i was like that is perfect this is what we need this is what we need on our show scott you must call in and do it so i had to twist his arm and to call in and do it okay so this is what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go from the newest to the oldest and if y'all aren't familiar where we're getting these voicemails we're there's a hotline the number is 209 rfi 30k zero so 209 RFI 30K0. And these a lot of these voicemails, like a lot of them, you know, there's like if you have an event you want to shout it out, if you have a story, I personally would love to hear stories, man. Like this story that your buddy sent in was hilarious. I would love to hear stories like that or anything like that. Uh, it doesn't even have to be gamer related. If it is, even better. Like because like if you have like an, if something that just happened to you, you're like, God, I got to tell the guys over at rfi about this dude just pop us a voicemail real quick dude just you know what while you're listening to this just go ahead and put our number 209 rfi 30k zero into your phone that way you can just like pop a call off to us if you're drunk and you want to call us do it just leave a voicemail leave a drunk voicemail just we're gonna play these voicemails for you some of them are funny some of them are just like you know chill out but you ready to hear them ryan I'm ready. All right. My body is ready. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play them, and then what we can do is we'll address each one individually. How about that? So Okay. Let's do right. it. So here's the first one. Hey, guys. This is Stefan from Colorado. Thought I would take you up on your offer of a phone call. Uh, especially since I live most of my life on the road these days. Um, we played this oh, one last we played, week. We played this one. We played this one. Okay. Okay. That was Stefan from Colorado, and we did clear that question up. Okay. All right. Here we go. I think you'll know who this guy is. 
Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's Ryan Kimmel here. I'm not sure if that sounded like Ryan Kimmel or if it sounded a little bit like uh, fucking Bill Clinton. But anyway, it's Tim here. How's it going? Just enjoying your podcast. Um, just wanted to ring in and try out the new line. I want to see how this sounds because I, I rang your, uh, the last hotline during the telethon and it came a little crazy. I was trying to do like an awesome Ihona impression. Um, but yeah, I'll listen to this on the show and it'll tell me if any of my awesome high level impressions will work. Um, that's about all. Loving the show. And, uh, oh, also, Brian Kimmel, stay in your fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, like, okay, so obviously that was Tim from Iaporus. I like how he said, uh, just testing uh, during the the podcast, uh, the telethon. I did my awesome Night Lords impression. Like it wasn't like like it's certified awesome. Like it's a great Night Lords impression. And he's like, you're just your shitty, your shitty voicemail system couldn't pick up how great that impression was. Like that's how. <laughs> That's Timmy. I love it, dude. Love it. Let's go to the next one. This one's pretty easy. Fuck you, Ryan Kimball. Stay in your lane. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> was, was that Spencer? I don't know who that was. That wasn't Spencer. That was uh, not a Australian number. It makes you feel yeah. any better. Just fuck you, Ryan Kimball. <laughs> I wonder how many we're going to get. This is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people come up to me at events. Like if they ever recognize me at an event, I just want that like screamed across the vendor hall. Like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> so I, and I'll just wave to I'll smile and wave. And everybody that's not in on the joke will be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why is everybody yelling at this guy? Everybody keeps telling that dude, fuck you. So funny. I love it. Here's one. Hey guys, it's AJ from Victoria, BC, up here in beautiful Canada. Um, calling with a real message and not just telling Ryan to go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> just wondering, uh, wanted to let everyone know about, uh, Lanasee 2017. It's a convention that's happening up here in Victoria, uh, March 18th and 19th. Uh, we're gonna have a 16 man uh, 30k event, loyalists versus traitors. There's gonna be dog tag, lots of good fun. Um, if uh, anyone is interested in the, the surrounding area, uh, just check out Lanasy 30k uh, on Facebook, and we've got an event page set up. Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up. I love it, dude. Uh, event shout out, Lanasy 30k. They're gonna have dog tags. We need to like get together with like every event that's had these dog tags, and we need to make like a uh, like a web page of like what dog tags can be used at like what events and all this jazz, you know. Like if somebody came to me with the Lanasy 30k event dog tag and was playing in like Stiff Three, I'd allow it. It'd just be like, you know what? Yeah, sure. Like it. I, well, I, the only one that's in this area that I'm 100 percent sure of is the Michigan GT guys are big into dog tags the michigan crew and they're actually having an event soon if you go to the michigan uh heresy facebook page they're having an event in january i haven't decided if i'm going or not yet and it's not that i don't want to go it's that i don't know like because i'm working on these armies for i'm already pre-committed to these armies for 
stiff and adepticon and i don't know if i have time to whip something up but i know that several of our club guys are going 10-4 so lanacy 30k is going to be up in victoria that's crazy so it's going to be march 18th right that's the same day stiff three so the same day as stiff three in victoria can't be victoria bc is the same day that this event's going on down in victoria texas it's funny enough we'll also be doing dog tags so i've been i've been wanting to go to british columbia anyway i hear that it's like beautiful and i watch like you know meat eater like these hunting shows and stuff and he's up there a lot and just other shows um and it just looks really cool so hopefully that's some place i could talk to my talk my wife into going like vacation wise and then maybe sneak in some 30k yeah, so maybe i can maybe i can do that next year that'd be great talk to aj he'll get you hooked up so march 18th guys if y'all are in the victoria area in british columbia beautiful canada hit up the Lanacy 30k event so let's go on to the next one hey guys i just wanted to call in real quick on the road and i was listening to your latest episode i was thinking if y'all are sending care packages over to the eye of the horse guys what you need to do is take a cover of Master of Mankind, rip that cover off, and slap on a copy of Betrayer. And maybe that'll finally check that guy into reading. Uh, anyways, appreciate the show, guys. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Everybody wants Tim to read Betrayer. Tim hasn't so, read Betrayer? No. No. Why? How do you not know this? You're on the little podcast chat. We like we joke about that literally every day about him not reading Betrayer. Why hasn't he read Betrayer? I don't know. He's got the audiobook. So I don't know why it's like he listens to all these podcasts. Surely it's not that hard for him to listen to Betrayer. At this point I just think he's being contrary on purpose. He's just trying to piss everyone off. He's trolling everybody. I didn't know that. We should like send him like cookies like that have the full like just write out Betrayer on like a bunch of cookies and like send him a cookie every month and he'll be like, oh, they're writing me poems. And like what he doesn't really know, it's the entire works of Aaron Dembski-Bowden and Betrayer. Like, You say that now till you find out what shipping to Australia is and then you would quickly change your mind because we would have to be like, we would spend like a million dollars to ship him cookies with the whole story of Betrayer on it. I'm pretty sure Michael can like work us out something with like a cookie cookie company in his area but i don't know ordering international baked goods hasn't been working out for me recently so no maybe maybe we shouldn't try that <laughs> say hey look, read master of mankind he's like oh, this is really good gotcha you are reading master he's like this this has nothing to do with with the emperor a lot to do with uh with anger on oddly enough <laughs> gotcha motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so where's the next one? If you guys hear this rattling in the background, it's because I'm painting. Sorry if it's annoying. Not sorry enough to stop, but I am sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's me again. What's your name? My name is first time. I get dork. So uh, this is Trent H. Uh, there's Wolf Mungus on Facebook there. South Texas Therapy and everything. Uh, also had a second thought. 
maybe make this phone number a little catchier. Uh, maybe you can change the last four to say M30K. You know, it might be kind of neat, something like that. So RFI M30K, we can make it a little catchier. Uh, anyways, see you guys. So M30K instead of 30K0. Yeah, that would have been cool. I wouldn't change the number now. We put it out there too much. <laughs> For real. Damn it. Sorry, Wolfmonger. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Don't call us anymore. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's, it's just too late. Why didn't he read our minds and tell us that before we put the number out there? I don't know. I, blame I did play with that number for a while, and it just didn't work. Here's another one. Hey, this is Connor. I recently sent you guys an email about the Sons of War Gaming Club up in Colorado, and like a complete idiot, I completely fucked the link for some reason. I don't know how I messed it up, but I did. Anyway, um, if people are looking to join up the Sons of War and are looking in to game in Colorado, specifically Denver to uh, Fort Collins is kind of our stomping ground, um, they're welcome to contact me on Facebook at Connor Makis. You can just search me up. Or you can look up Sons of War, um, and that's capital S-O-N-S, Sons, space of, nothing special there, and then space, and then... War, W, capital, and then lowercase, A-R, exclamation point, because it is something to get excited about. Anyway, um, if you look at stuff on Facebook using that, uh, you should be able to find us. Anyway, I apologize for sending you guys a shitty link, and keep up the great work. Anyway, um, I'm going to go do some hobby. All right, bye. You're thinking it. I know you're thinking it. Sons of <laughs> War. Yeah, I was about ready to say it through the Also, it's cool. You can send us shitty links if you're from Colorado. It's all that legal weed you're smoking. We get it. We ain't mad at you. Yeah, no, I, it up. I would never send a normal link if I lived in Colorado. Like I just I couldn't. Like, yeah. Just sit at home and eat Cheetos, play thirty K and enjoy your legal weed. <laughs> I gotta find this. Gods Fine what? of War. Gods of War. <laughs> May your hammer be mighty. <laughs> Every time, dude. Every time uh, I hear Sons of War, I just think, May your hammer be mighty. Be mighty. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. So, guys, go check out the Sons of War up in Colorado so you can find it. Dude, I'm going to go to Colorado and Fort Collins just to go hang out with those guys. I want to go hang out in Colorado yeah. for a thing, and then that's another place I haven't visited that I want to go. <laughs> so good. God, wonder if they use guys uh, elk hunt. I want some elk meat. If you're from Colorado and you shoot an elk, you hook me up. We'll pay some shipping if you get me some elk meat. I don't want no sketchy like rotted elk meat either. They're like make sure it's like processed properly. <laughs> that's a very good caveat to throw out there. Yeah. I just got some deer meat. My boss at work shot a deer and for Christmas gave me a bunch of deer steak. That's a manly Christmas gift. I just want to throw that out there. A bunch of deer steak? Yeah. He shot him a deer, had it processed, saved some steaks for me and gave it to me for Christmas. How cool is that? That's some Joe Rogan shit right there. All right. Here's the next one. These are all good. I enjoy every single one of these. 
say, Michael, um, I posted a link in your in your Facebook Messenger. There's a place in Houston called Metcores that has those pods, um, and they uh, they're open for business, as far as I can tell. Check it out, man. Later, bye. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> must be Jake Shear because he, he sent us the message too. Yeah, so Jake, dude, so like, just a heads up, Jake, you were the first, you were the first person to send us that link, and as soon as you sent us the link, I think somehow your mind worked and made the entire collective unconscious aware of this place in Houston, because not thirty minutes after you sent the link the internet just exploded with people telling us about this place in Houston called Mech, <laughs> uh, that Mech War or whatever craziness. Like, any anyway. So are you going to go? That's not that far from you. Are you going to go? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to go. What's crazy is it's like four blocks away from this comic book shop called Eighth Dimension. And okay. I've been to Eighth Dimension to play Warhammer, like to play 30K. Like I've been to Eighth Dimension to play like with Ryan and all them up in up in Houston. So I had no idea. Just right down the road, there's this place where they play like Mech Warrior all the time. And I actually hit these guys up to see yeah. what the cost would be to get them to come to Stiff Three. Yeah. And they said that there wasn't enough people coming to Stiff Three to like justify the expense and all that. Oh, jazz. I, was like, I was like, fuck. How big of an event do you have to have? I don't know. They didn't tell me, they but. Didn't say. They said like it would just be too expensive to load everything up and then pay for gas and pay for hotel rooms and all that stuff. Well, if you ever do your imagine if you guys did your heresy band camp that you guys had talked about uh-huh. and having that there for like three days. I would be badass, just like you know. I think they're thinking of like you have to have like a at least like a thousand person event, like a con or something is what it seems like they want. Yeah. I like uh-huh. how you called it heresy band camp. And I would love to have Stiff Camp. Yeah. So, anyway, but thank you, thank you so much, Jake. Uh, yes, yes, I, I found that out through you. Looked it up, researched it through you, and then the floodgates opened with people realizing that that place existed, and everybody started sending stuff in. Well, when I, I don't know if we'll have time when I come down there for Stiff. Maybe we would. Imagine we you could even take all the Swedes. We could like go as a group and play. That'd be tight. It's only a couple hours. I haven't I haven't, I haven't bought my plane ticket yet. I'm flying out of Houston. So I could like change my plane ticket and take an extra day off work and we could hang out in Houston for a day before you drop me at the airport and we could play that. Uh, Something we need to discuss. We'll talk about it off air. We don't want to bore a bunch of people talking about my travel plans, but we can maybe work that in. Or even if we can't get it on that trip, I'll come down there one time like just to play in some other event and hang out with you like you came here and we'll <laughs> go play some Mech Warrior stuff. You just go unload on Mech Warrior. Just it's like Ryan, are you wearing a special helmet? Are those Mech Warrior gloves? Yeah, I'm gonna wear <laughs> in, in the in the battle mechs are basically they essentially wear like under armor boxer briefs. So like that's all you wear, and then you have a coolant vest, so it looks like a bulletproof vest, but it has coolant in it, and okay. then a big goofy like fighter helmet. So that's what I'll show up in. It's just boxer briefs, uh, like a stupid like bright orange like coolant vest looking thing that I've like painted black. Like it's like just a vest, and then like a helmet. People will be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" If you <laughs> if you go to the website where like for the Houston like for this Houston place they're talking about, um, there is like a shit ton 
of like cosplayers that go there to go play this game. That like straight huh. up cosplay to play the game. Sweet. So you would be you fit right in. Actually, we'd probably look weird not going in dressed up. So we gotta figure out something. If we're gonna go play Mech Warrior, and if you're gonna use the tag name Psycho, like maybe I'll come up with a new call sign. I, th- I think my Psycho days may be behind me. I'm a little like older and more chilled out now. No, I don't know. Maybe. I think once you get in the once you get in the pilot seat, man. Did you see that? <laughs> did you see the event? Like, did you see that tournament? I sent you the picture with like the high score and like the kill high score and all that jazz. Yes. Would you shit all over that score, that high score? Well, I, I told you I don't remember. I don't remember what my high score was. The only thing I remember was the best kill ratio I ever got, I think, was 18 to 3. So I had 18 kills to 3 deaths. That's what I was... I was more into that than I was the score. I could give a shit about the score. Because you score points when you damage people, but that doesn't mean shit. Like, you could run around and just, like, shoot people from a distance and not actually get in there and kill anyone and, like score a bunch of points. Like. Well well you saw there then that means that the high kill the highest kill count was like thirty four. So that means if you were eighteen and three, that means you were at fifty four kill count. What do you mean fifty four kill count? Like that means you had fifty four like people die by your hand and only three deaths, right? No no no. I killed eighteen battle mechs and oh. then my mech was destroyed three times. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm thinking. So in a single session, I took I had 18 kills and only died three times. Okay, okay, something a different KDR kind of thing. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, good lord. All right, what's the next one? Where are we at? Where are we at? Hey, here's a good one. Have any knob polish? Preferably heavy knob polish. Need something heavy duty. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize that person. Do you? No, it sounded like uh, uh, Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. Do you guys have any knob polish? Ugh. <laughs> 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 Ugh. <laughs> We do not have knob polish. I wish we did. No transcript available. I could make it easy, like low hanging fruit joke about, you know, like his mom's saliva or something. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> easy there, killer. Easy there. Oh, yeah. So check this out. This one's from Jake. And I told him to call in and tell the story. And he left out a very important detail, but I'm going to, I'm going to. Play it anyway. Hey, it's Jake. Hey, uh, Michael. I'm calling it. You want me to tell you about that crazy... Okay. So when I was a kid, I guess I was a teenager, but it still counts as a kid, doesn't it? Anyways, they uh, they had this... For life, I can't remember how I got involved with it. But I ended up... Me and a couple friends going up to this tournament where they had, like, a big competition. They had a bunch of these Mech Warrior pods all all lined up and um, people compete and they had, you know, they judged your combat based on like, not just score, but how much of a badass you were. And I don't know, like my friend Jared was there and he was really, really good at this game. And uh, they had a lot of other celebrities there because this place had just opened, I think too. It was like this huge new thing where 
the arcades of the future. They're going to be around forever. Uh, anyways, we ended up playing like eight rounds of combat in these pods, and I did okay, but it was just intense because it was like you're a real mech warrior. <laughs> you were like really fighting in these giant robots. Um, and, you know, uh, it was fun. Um, anyways, that's really the gist of it. I, uh, I don't remember a lot of the details of loss and the antiquity of my mind. But uh, I thought, you know, you'd want to hear about it, Michael, because you got to check out one of these pods, man. It'll change your life. And, uh, yeah, you got to buy the Blu-ray for Robot Jocks, because I think it's going to support a reboot. So everybody out there, buy, or buy a Blu-ray of Robot Jocks so we can get a reboot. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah simple enough guys if you're out there buy a blu-ray copy of robot jocks but yeah dude jake was telling me about this event he went to he was over the over the facebook chat he went to this event in um seattle and like he was basically it was like a tournament you know to go for for BattleTech or whatever yep and will smith was the fucking judge of this event <laughs> and like i was like will will smith that's badass. Like, what was he like? Like, it's so funny, dude. Like, I was. How do you tell that story and leave that out? Like, exactly. Like, I. Oh. I was. Uh, I was telling Derek. I was like, I was like, yeah, man. Like, that's fucking crazy. He's like, you should get Jake on for an interview and just ask him a bunch of questions, like about Will Smith. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> be like, so like, if Will Smith was to ride a battle mech, <laughs> which one would he choose? <laughs> like, but you you know him better than I do. <laughs> uh. All right, here's another one. Liar. What's going on, Radio Free Esteban listeners? This is Michael calling in from Victoria, Texas. Oh, damn it, I fucked up my impersonation. I'm sorry. Anyway, guys, Mike from Tucson. I just thought I'd try to do a damn impersonation, and I screwed it up. Oh, I had it all, like, plotted out. I'd do your intro and be like, hey, what's going on, Ryan? And then I would be like, what's going on? But uh, I screwed that one up. Didn't we just play this? Anyway, I love the show. Keep up the good work. Bye. <laughs> that's that the one, one. That's the one you heard before the show. Oh, okay. So yeah, so you tried to do him impersonation. I get it. He did good. Hey, this is You're in love with the six. I'm bored. It's Friday night, and I'm doing some painting, and there's no fucking podcast. I'm all out of podcasts. You guys need to do maybe a little 30-minute thing or something every now and then just for the board, guys. <laughs> so we need, like, to make a 30-minute podcast just in case, like, if you're in this the is, This is what we need to do. This is I'm springing this on Michael, so he may shut this shit down. But Michael always talks about he wants to do... He's, like... Not that we don't like doing 30K, but he would like to do a podcast that's just like we talk about just random bullshit or whatever. 
Which so maybe like. maybe we could like once every three months record like a big long episode, like get like somebody else on to just like talk a bunch of silly shit and record it, and then like put it out there, but like make it the in case of emergency break glass podcast, and like so people can save it, and then when they're bored like that, they can just go get it whenever, and then we like refresh it like every like three months or something. I'd be down. I'd be down if we can get like Tim on there. And, like, talk about some of the stupid-ass shit that we talk about? Yeah, just, like, instead of, like, doing it on Facebook, like, just, like, find a time to, like, just bolt, like, just talk about Bigfoot, just all the crazy shit we talk about behind the scenes, silly, like, non-30K, unrelated silly shit. Dogman, cryptids, the election, just stuff, just stuff that would make people hate us. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we may consider doing that, guys. I don't know what we need some names for it though. It'd be like RFI after dark or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like in case of emergency break glass podcast. It'd be after Istvan podcast or something. After the siege, like when everybody was all chilling out. Here's another one. Hello, this is Sean. I have a lore question about the Thousand Suns. I was wondering when they changed their armor colors from red and gold to blue and gold. I know that happened after Prospero while they were on the planet of Sorcerers, but I'm not sure if it happened before the siege of the Imperial Palace, of the Emperor's Palace, or afterwards. Uh, thank you. Ooh. All right, so, so I got the answer for this one. Answer it's, it. It's really, it's really simple. Because the planet of the sorcerers is in the Eye of Terror and there's no time, and time doesn't flow normally, they did it both before and after the Siege of Terror. <laughs> I hope that helps. It does help. So, I believe that the Thousand Suns armor is mood armor, like my mood ring. And so they're all sad now. And so it turns blue with their sadness versus where they were happy and like being on their home planet and all this stuff This is when it was turned to red. So that's, that's my take on it. So it's not actually an armor color. It changes with their mood. In all seriousness, I am like, I'm not super up to date on their uh, fluff it's because I don't, it's they're not an army I've ever been super interested in. So, I mean, it may be out there, but to my personal knowledge, I'm not aware that the exact question that he's asking has been a hundred percent answered. I mean, he's right that it happened while they were on the planet of the sorcerers, but they don't give a, I guess my thing is they were on the planet of the sorcerers and then they left to take part in the siege of Terra. So it would have to be before the siege of Terra. Right. Right. Yeah. So I would say before, but I don't. I think you're going to have to wait to for the exact timeline. Like I don't ever remember remember a story or something where it specifically like talks about the turning point of their armor went from red to blue. I don't think that that story's been written yet. So I would imagine that's going to get touched on in a future Black Library book or in the Prospero, uh, the Inferno book that comes out here in a couple of months. I will put in a question inside the. 30k podcast chat right now 
because there I will make sure that this question goes to all the podcasters, and if anybody knows, we will let you know next week the answer. I still say paint them blue whenever you want, and if somebody tries to call you out on it, then like explain to them that there is no time in the warp, and they could have painted it then, and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just like the birth of Slanesh, like where they say the Eldar race following created Slanesh, but Slanesh was been around forever as well. So okay, they can't argue. They can't argue with that. The question's out there. The question is on the emails now. Or on the chat, some if no if none of those guys know, and they've got the Age of Darkness dudes in there too, then nobody knows. So anyway, two more. Michael Ryan, hey, this is Vito over here. Say, I'm calling on behalf of Black Label Painting Studios. Hey, I just want to tell you guys, you guys are fucking great. You know, you're fucking bees knees. So, you know what? Hey, I'll kiss you on the fucking mouth, toss your salad, whatever. I really appreciate <laughs> you guys. You guys give me so much motivation. But fuck, anyways, the real reason why I'm calling uh, is to plug Black Label Painting. You know why? Because fuck it. That guy, he paints things. And there might be somebody who needs something painted. So, hey, hit up Dave. Look for his ass on Black Label Painting on fucking Facebook. Send him your Titan. Let him paint him. They'll make them look great. Anyways, thank you guys. Love your fucking faces. And we'll have it you later. <laughs> so that was... Uh... Well, Vito is correct. Uh, David Sampson does paint Titans up very nice. He have you Did you see the video of the Warlord work in progress? He's doing like the blue-white. Yeah, dude. Of course I did. Yeah. Did you, did you listen to the music he was playing? No. That's our closer music. That's, I know you don't listen to our podcast, but I use that as our closer music every time it's like that real like baby making music like so you can chill out after you listen to our podcast like that's the song i picked (laughs) and like he's like playing that song and like he like pans it over to like him listening to radio for his van and then comes back (laughs) like it's just (laughs) so sexy so but yes guys black label painting man david sampson he is a fantastic painter he's great at what he does he loves painting Titans, so uh, you know if you got a Titan you want to buy, uh, and you're not sure how to get it painted or you're not comfortable painting it, he w- you can ship it directly to him and he will get it all nice and painted up. And what's pretty cool about him is he's really good with like working with him. Before you order the Titan or anything like that, give him a call, and he'll work out you know how to get it shipped and all that jazz to him. And uh, dude, like he's been knocking them out. That blue and white warlord he's been working on that matches that blue and white warhound he just popped out yeah it's gonna be fucking sweet dude it looks so yeah, good it looks, looks really cool his checkers look so ridiculously good all right so the last one man it's your buddy it's the story oh uh, yeah the story i've been trying to get him to tell this on air for a while and I think we've talked about it before on air, haven't we? No. I was telling you we need to get him on just to tell the story. He told this at a game night and had me rolling. And I was like, called bullshit on it. And I had to do like a lot of Wikipedia and Google research. And he's right. Like, he's telling the truth. Like, it's not bullshit. Like, this is a real thing. 
As far as I can tell, from all the internet research I did, it's a real thing. All right, so brace yourself, kids. All right, Ryan, Michael, hey, this is Scott. Um, just calling in to give you guys the uh, chlamydia cat story. And uh, yeah, you heard that right. So, so buckle up. This is this is a bit of a wild one. All right. Once upon a time, uh, I was a young soldier stationed in Afghanistan and uh, was in need of something called promotion points. Right. So I'm trying to make a higher rank as a non-commissioned officer, and I have to go to like several courses and stuff like that that are worth promotion points, like 40 hours. One of these was called field sanitation. Well, field sand is kind of what it sounds like. It covers like sanitary stuff you do out in the field. Make sure no one dies of dysentery or gets Ebola, anything like that. One part of this course is vector control. So you're talking about like bugs, snakes, spiders, animals that carry diseases, mosquitoes, all this shit. So I'm sitting in this class and uh, this major's going on and on talking about, you know, different types of hazards that are opposed to us in a combat environment and we're currently in Afghanistan. I got to go back to the file for like three days for this little thing. And she says to the class, one of the things you have to worry about is the cats here, especially the ones that look like house cats. Like, what do you mean? Why? why? Why am I worried about house cats? Well, they carry chlamydia in Afghanistan. And uh, it's one of those moments <laughs> where in a movie the background closes in real tight on you. And I'm like, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> chlamydia carrying cats so now we have bombs terrorists snakes spiders all this shit and a mild manner cat is going to definitely give me the clap in this country <laughs> so it offered some pause to me and uh, first i didn't believe her so i asked her to elaborate and essentially how she broke it down was that if we happen across any of these cats and one licks your hand or skin you're more than likely going to, you could, I mean, potentially contract chlamydia from it, which I cannot even in my wildest dreams imagine explaining that to a loved one back home. So <laughs> long story short, she kind of goes into some countermeasures on how we're supposed to prevent getting chlamydia from these chlamydia-carrying cats. And her suggestion was to... Like, we, we live on a cop, like, as an infantryman, like a little outpost. Uh, you live in little plywood buildings. Well, these little plywood buildings, she, she she suggested, this is all true, swear to God, strike me dead if I'm wrong, but to bait monitor lizards, which are, like, less poisonous Komodo dragons that are indigenous to the area, to live on the cop with food and stuff because they eat snakes and chlamydia-carrying cats. Like cool, so I I need to do that. Good, good. This seems like <laughs> seems like something I can handle, right? So sh we take a tour around and look at some of these, some of the like the wildlife and living examples of some of this shit, so we can kind of understand what we're dealing with. And they find a monitor lizard living under the hospital tent that's on this giant airbase where we're at for the time being, and its tail is sticking out. So these animal handlers grab this monitor lizard and pull it out from underneath this hospital. And no shit, there it is, a monitor lizard. And what's hanging out of its mouth? A fucking cattail. It had swallowed this cat, <laughs> and its tail was hanging out of the side of its mouth. 
So if you ever find yourself, you know, in an austere environment over there fighting for your life, remember, don't pet the cats unless you want the clap. And if you do happen to find yourself around those cats, you need a large monitor lizard to keep you safe. All right, guys, big fan of the show. Thank you for your hard work. That's so <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. So good. I know we have like a lot so of. So imagine like, like everybody's here, like everybody's drinking beers and just hanging out and playing 30K. I was sitting at my hobby desk because I was working on these stupid Blood Angels doing the same thing. And he was just on the other side of the room over here playing on the city board. And he starts talking about this chlamydia cat story. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up, back up. So I made him start over. And I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so that led down this long road. So I went down like. We went down like a two-hour discussion on getting chlamydia from cats. So apparently, you can catch it from pussies of all variety. Just saying, just throwing that out there. So that's so crazy, dude. Like our our tax dollars at work, man. <laughs> just just keep them safe, boys. <laughs> just keep don't pet the cats in Afghanistan. Like just oh, so that's it, man. That's all the voicemails. I'm not not happy with any of them. They're all great. I love all the voicemails. Keep them coming, guys. We will continue to play them and definitely share our stories if you have them. Uh, we, we we're hoping we get like somebody drunk calling in, but it's just I mean this is the first episode, man. This is the first episode we've like really like had them. We got like sixteen of them. It's crazy. Yeah, pretty fun. So anyway, all right, switching off. Switching off from the voicemail track and the good times. Let's get into brass tax, bro. What's the brass tax? List review, man. You know it's list review list? time. We're there, man. It's time to review some lists. Right here. I'm shuffling my papers. You guys hear the paper shuffle? They're ready to go. <laughs> I don't think people will realize that you print the lists. Well, I have to. How else am I supposed to go over? So, which one do you want to knock out first, Ryan? I write write little notes on them and shit to myself. Can you see that? Yeah. Um, pick one. I don't care. Let's go Solar Ox. Okay. Because this is one that uh, we already did this guy's list before, but um, he basically took our advice and kind of uh integrated as, as much as he wanted to and then is basically sending it back in to double check it. Okay. So this comes from Fergus and if I remember correctly he's from New Zealand, right? Yes. I sent a list in a while back mid-November and you provided great help and advice. This is a list I wrote up with your changes in mind and I hope you can help me with other changes I should make. So this is a, it's called Orphans of Dusk, which is a badass name for starters. Don't ever change that. 2,500 points, Solar Auxilla list. He's got two Auxilla Tactical Command sections, both with grenade launchers, two each. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Do, do those grenade launchers, do they get the Haywire grenade as well in them? Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine they do. I think, you, don't aren't those the guys that come with the bombardments and stuff? Yes. Too? Yes. So that's probably why he's taking them. Hang on just a second. I have the book. That right the here. command squad, the command section comes with the uh, with the bombardment. So that means you get two free bombardments. But I'm also wondering if those grenade launchers, because uh, I know a lot of people take those grenade launchers in a 
in Jasir squad, and they take they make the servitors take their grenade launchers because they have the that little special haywire grenade. But right, I'm right here. Let's see, tank commander command section. Command section. Yep, kinetic tempest and crack. I okay. believe it's the yeah. So they do get the haywire ones. That's cool. Okay, and then he's taking an auxilla tank commander. Under his elite section, he has three quad mortars, one single battery. Under his troop section, he has an auxiliary infantry tertio. Quit yawning. Sorry. Sorry, it's been a long, long night. Uh, He took two Dracosian armored transports with armored ceramite, demolisher cannons, extra armor, flare shield, two Velatara storm sections. Uh, One has melt bombs. Oh, it has melt bombs of the prime on one of them. Uh, so then he has an auxiliary infantry tertio, which is has an Aegis defense line with an ammunition dump and an auxiliary last rifle section standing behind it, which he bought the Aegis defense line for. Under fast attack, he took a Lehman Russ strike squadron, which has two Lehman Russ vanquishers with last cannons on the front, uh, an auxiliary thunderbolt heavy fighter with ground tracking auguries. Under his heavy support, he took two Medusa artillery tank batteries and an Auxilla Malkador Infernus special weapons tank with armored ceramite and chemical ammunition because it needed to get better. Uh, the strategy, the list I made is three sections that are Mech Force, the Artillery Force, and the Scouting Force. The Mech Force is the Cozens and the Infernus that drive up ahead. The Artillery Force is the Mortars and Vanquishers being signaled. Signibu? I don't know. It's very signib signibu. I'm guessing it's supposed to be signaled, but it's not written signaled. And using the ammo. Uh, this means that the mortars have 12 shots of Blissico 4, re-rolling ones with Sunder. The vanquishers have the tank commander, giving them tank hunter. So the commander hits on twos, rolling with a tank hunter. And the Russ hitting on threes, re-rolling ones with tank hunter. Brutal. In the artillery force, there is also two separate Medusas that rain down fire. There is also the last rifles to hold objectives and act as meat shields. The two command squads are for signums, and their grenade launchers are for emergency anti-tank if dread pods are in my lines. So yeah, that's exactly what they're for. That's actually really fucking smart. I didn't even think about that. Uh, the final section is the scouting force. This is the thunderbolt with the kinetics that acts as a pseudo lightning that can do stuff after it blows its missiles. Addendum. I'm thinking about dropping the second command squad and running the Russes out flanking as well as dropping the flare shields and the Dracosians as the shields are only there to use points. Would you advise if I did so, what should I do with the extra 135 points? Sinceriously, Fergus from New Zealand. Attached is a photo of my command team next to Velitaris. I was going to ask about this. Uh, We got your picture, man, and it looks like basically what you've done is you've broken down a scion and somehow sourced um, solar auxilla heads. And not even just normal solar auxilla heads. These look like the... um, No, these aren't the flamer ones. These are normal solar auxilla. No, no, no. These are the flame ones. Because the normal ones have eyes. These have the straight visor. So these are actually either the Velotaris or the Flamer section heads. Either way, man, like it looks good. I'm just kind of wondering, you know, how you got those heads. It's a little crazy to me. But anyway. That's pretty cool, though. So, Ryan, what would you do his list? 
All right, so basically his list is fine. Like, uh, I wouldn't change anything in the list. He was just wanting to know what, what to do with the 135 points. Right. Um, I personally would just buy another last rifle squad. I mean, if you think about it, there's really not a lot in Solar Exilla that's, you know, you can get with 135 other than just more troops. Not All their tanks are more expensive than that. Um, the flyers are more expensive than that. They don't get uh, Sentinels. So I think all you can take is like a Cyclops, but that's heavy support. And I, I mean, it doesn't really fit in his list anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would do uh, is just take some more guys. You could take another LAS rifle section for like another troops unit. And then because they shoot 30 inches, you know, it's pretty good to stick in your back line. And, um, you know, to kill troops or whatever after you get them out of the tanks, after you shoot apart their tanks with all your uh, armor-destroying stuff. The other thing you may consider is on the Aegis defense line, instead of an ammo dump, taking a comms relay. Um, and this is just purely, you know, you can play it both ways and see what you like better. But if you're going to outflank the Lehman Russes, you're going to have... For one, the other thing I would do is this Lehman Russ squadron, you have an extra fast attack, split them into two separate squadrons instead of running one squadron and two tanks definitely run them separate okay well i mean there's no advantage to running them together am i missing something no just if you're rolling for them to come in i guess it would be they come in on one roll right but does the tank commander add his ballistic skill to the whole unit or just the one tank just one tank okay so yeah there's no sense in um in my opinion putting them together i would split them apart uh, and then if you put that uh, comms relay in there, you're going to get to re-roll reserves on both Russes and the, the fighter to make sure that they come in. But that's just like, uh, it really depends. You may really like that ammo dump or whatever, and it's not really changing the army. It's just swapping that one piece of war gear. Perfect. So, what do you think, Michael? It sounds good to me. I mean, I've used ammunition dumps in behind Aegis defense lines. I mean, it's I used it with my solar ox. It does help, but I mean, if you're looking at clutch, what you need, I would say vanquishers are going to outweigh rerolling ones on us on a Aegis defense line or rerolling. Right, that's one. my thought. If he's going to go that reserve heavy, where he's putting both tanks and the flyer in there, yeah. I think the comms relay may be a better choice just to make sure that, that stuff all comes in on the turn you want it to come in on. For sure. And like I said, I, I would keep the list the same, but I would split those Lehman Russes apart if, unless there's some benefit to putting them in the squadron that I'm not aware of. No, I think it's good. Because you can. there's nothing stopping you from obviously shooting them at the same thing as if they were in the squadron. But also there's a chance that you could you know, shoot one and blow something up and then, then decide to shoot the other one at something separate. Also, it makes your opponent shoot at two separate targets as opposed to focusing fire on one thing and destroying both tanks. Yeah, and then when a Death Blossom comes in, it won't get both tanks and only get one. There you go. Okay. So next up comes from Mr. Lion. And this is going to be a 2,500-point Imperial Fist. Imperial Fisto. Okay. 
Hey guys, just wanted to thank y'all for putting out such a great show. I listen faithfully every week, and it helps the time go by on my night shift factory job. My name is Lucas. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. I just started 30K from a 40K background. I decided to go play Imperial Fist, and I've gathered up most of the stuff to get started. I've managed to snag a spot in 30K narrative, you bitch, at Adepticon, and I'm going to take on the ambitious project of getting a 2,500 points done as well as a Reaver Titan. Anyways, I'm working on a 2,500-point list I can scale down for the entire, entire narrative track. You got the whole track? With the goal of being only to have to change some HQs for the small games. My force is built around the companies that went to Mars during the Civil War there to secure the Astartes armor and vehicle production facilities. I figured this force would have significant orbital support and be made up of some of the finest veterans, so I'll be using Pride of the Legion with quite a lot of Terminator support. The third squad of veterans are going to the Damocles for extra scoring unit that has the orbital barrage to back them up. My weak spots are probably going to be killing Spartans, but the Chain Fist should make the short work of them. Here goes. Adepticon 2500 1.1. Real quick, uh, just a heads up. Uh, Lucas, whenever you decide to give your list out, make sure you take out that 1.1 because once they see like the amount of versions you've gone through, then they'll like really, really, they'll really look at your list. So like, just, just pro tip. It's, I, yeah. And don't, don't name it. Well, like at least this is just named Adepticon 2,500 point <laughs> list. It's not God Slayer or whatever. And you're playing on a table with a bunch of primarchs on it. God with Slayer extra points 5. to kill, <laughs> with extra with extra points to kill Primarchs. Yeah. So, pro tip. All right. So in his HQ choice, he has the Damocles Command Rhino, 100 points there. He's got a Legion Centurion with a Refractor Field, Tartarus Terminator Armor with Kami Bolter and Power Weapon, Teleportation Transponder, Thunder Hammer, Vigil Pattern Storm Shield, and the, he's taking it as a Delegatus. What's the yep. ruling on that Vigil Pattern Storm Shield? Is there a ruling yet? What do you mean? Like, can Tartarus take Vigil Pattern Storm Shields? Yeah, they are extra points. Okay. Why couldn't they? Uh, rules is written. Well, why are, do they have a separate points value for taking them with Tartarus if you can't take them? That doesn't make any sense. I didn't know they had a separate point system. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're five points more to take them for a Tartarus Terminator as they are for a Cataphracty. So if they weren't allowed to take them, they wouldn't have went through the trouble of giving them a separate reports value. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So Legion Terminator squad at 540. He's got two chain fist, five power It's fist. a full 10-man squad, yeah. Yeah. In Tatar's power armor, Kami Bolter, power weapon, teleport tra- teleportation transponder, and nine vigil pattern storm shields. And the sergeant has power fist with vigil pattern storm shield. The Legion Terminator squad, uh, he basically took the exact same thing. So two 10-man so squads, two, all yeah, with Vigil Pattern Storm Shields. Two 10-man squads with Storm Shields, yeah. Yeah. And then he's got a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad with 10-man. Looks like he took Marksman. They're in a Rhino with a Multi-Melta. They didn't take anything special on him, so it's just Marksman. The Veteran Sergeant Sar- has Artificer Armor, yeah. The Vet Sarge has Artificer Armor, Bolt Pistol, Bolt chainsword. Uh, he took that twice. So two vet tax squads, both with marksmen and artificer armor on the sergeant. And then he took a five man veteran tactical squad 
with the veteran tactic resolve, not inside of a rhino, just they're probably going to go in the uh, the command rhino that he took separate as an HQ. Gotcha. Is my guess. So five man veteran tactic squad. Then he took a Legion Fire Raptor gunship with four Hellstrike missiles and a Reaper autocannon battery. Then he took a Legion Vindicator Siege Tank Squadron with Legion Vindicator Tank, two Legion Vindicator Tanks, uh, Dozer Blades on each, Extra Armor on both, Combi Bolter on both, and a Legion Whirlwind Scorpius. So, what did you change, Ryan? Well, first off, we've been doing this show for a while, and I normally go through the list, but you've been on here long enough. Do you, do you spot... What, what's the first thing I spotted in this list? Probably the Chitaris armor, I would imagine, putting it on no. a... No, 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 no. What do you mean? You're not seeing it, are you? What, the There's something... Scorpions? No, something major league wrong. We go over it all the time. Don't see it? Give me a second. Give me a second. Whoa. No, I don't see it. Test, testing your knowledge. What is it? Okay, so you took Pride of the Legion, right? Right. What's the drawback for Pride of the Legion? Do you know the new drawback, the one that they just changed? Uh, if you have all of your units wiped that are... Nope. Well, yeah. that's part of it, but the the second half, the more important half that they changed is you have to have more... Legion Astartes units than you do units that do not have Legion Astartes. And he has one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, and it doesn't count for the Rhinos. That's right. Nope. So he's got six Legion Astartes units and seven non-Legion. And you have to have more Legion Astartes units, not an equal number. So he's he's over by uh, two. So this list, unfortunately, is not legal. So keeping that in mind, looking at his list, it's really hard to keep it kind of the same as what he's doing without doing major changes. So I like the list that I wrote for him is a pretty drastic change from what he had. But because we're coming up on Adepticon and he may only own these models, I don't really know. Um, how bad of a situation this is going to put him in. So I'm hoping that he'll hear this and has time to fix it. But if this list that I'm sending him, like I said, it's a pretty, it's roughly the same idea he's trying to do, but it has to be a very drastic departure based on the restrictions of that right of war. So if this is something, after I read this list, if you're thinking, well, there's just no way I have time to do that or I don't want to buy those models, uh, hit me back and we'll talk on like Facebook Messenger more directly where I can help you in real time and we'll get you a list uh, sorted out. So I'm throwing that out there for you if you you know want some more uh, in-depth, personalized, legit help. But I will uh, go ahead and go over this list that I wrote that's the same idea but changes it to be legal. So the only thing – so I like his original list and I love the idea of it. Um, the only thing I was concerned with is – putting what is that basically 1100 points well plus he's putting the character in there so it's going to be like over 1200 points of things in reserve that's just normal deep strike reserve right with the terminators and then on the turn they come in they're not going to be able to do anything because they come in and then they can just basically run 
So you're talking all the best case scenario, they come in turn two, then they run, and then on turn three, you can hopefully assault, you know, after you've been shot at or whatever. So I tried to kind of keep his same idea in mind when I wrote this list, but give it a little more hitting power. Plus, like I said, I made, this is a, a, a legal uh, list. So instead of taking a Delegatus, I went ahead and switched over to a Praetor. I just feel like for a little bit extra points, you're going to get a much better character. So I took a, you can probably use the same model. So it's a, a Praetor in Terminator armor. I uh, took Pride of the Legion as the right of war. He's in Tartaros armor. So the Tartaros Terminator guy has a Vigil Pattern Storm Sealed, a Chain Fist, and Digital Lasers. So this guy's going to be four, five, six, six Chain Fist attacks on the charge. So pretty nasty character. For a second HQ, which he only had one HQ in his original list, for a second HQ I took a Chaplain in Terminator armor. He's also in Tartaros armor. Um, he comes with a free power axe, and then he also took a Vigil Pattern Storm Shield. Um, and then for the third HQ choice, I put his Damocles uh, Rhino back in. So then for the first troop choice, I took eight uh, Tartaros Terminators. They all have uh, Storm Shields. Uh, the Sergeant and uh, five other guys have uh, Power Fists, and two guys have Chain Fists. So it's basically, it's pretty similar to the unit he had before. It's just a little smaller. Um, I did not buy the teleport upgrade for them. Instead, for heavy support, I put a Charybdis Assault Claw in. So what will happen is these eight Terminators will go with the Chaplain and the Praetor, and they'll all go in a Charybdis, and all that will come in turn one. So he doesn't have to wait till turn three, like we discussed about. This is something that will auto come in turn one. Plus it fits with his fluff of having uh, heavy fleet uh, what did he say? Orbital support and all that stuff. Plus the Charybdis, once it goes into flight mode, is actually very good at killing other flyers with its, all of its missile shots. So I feel like that's a uh, good choice for the army. Uh, so for his second troop choice, I took uh, the 10-man uh, marksman vets in a Rhino with Pendle Mount and Multimelta. So it's the same squad that he had before. And I took two of those. So that's the same of his as his list. Then I took a six-man veteran squad with Marksmen, and they are going to go in the Damocles. So it's basically the same that he had in his other list. Um, I just made them all Marksmen, and I added one more Marine to the five-man squad to fill up the Damocles. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four. So that's four troops. For his fifth troop choice, I took five Terminators, and they're in Cataphracty armor. And... Um, so it's five cataphracty, one has an assault cannon, and the other four have combi plasmas. And they bought the teleport ability where they'll be teleporting in. Um, two of the guys in the unit have chain fists, and the sergeant has a power fist, and the other two guys just have whatever power weapons you want. And then for the sixth troop choice, I took the exact same unit. So another five cataphracty with four combi plasmas one assault cannon, two chain fists, and a power fist, and the teleport ability. Uh, then for heavy support, I took the Charybdis that I talked about earlier that the that the Tartaros will go in. Then I put his Fire Raptor back in, the exact same Fire Raptor they had in the other list, so it has auto cannons and hell strikes. And then I put the Scorpus uh, Whirlwind back in. 
So basically, I had to get rid of the Vindicators because you have to get rid of uh, tanks. You have to get rid of units to you know make the, the list legal. So if you count on my list, I have the Praetor, the Chaplain, uh, the big Terminator squad, the two small Terminator squads, and the three veteran squads. So that's eight Legion of Stardust units. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Damocles, the two Rhinos, uh, the Charybdis, the Fire Raptor, and the Scorpus. So only six non-Legion units. So you you're actually could have one more non-Legion unit in the army and it would still be legal. But this is a legal list. So the reason I went with this, this version of the list, so what will happen in this one, everything's basically the same except he's going to get the, that big Tartarus unit, turn one, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. And then I replaced the, I, I kept the teleporting Terminator element in, but I put him in Cataphracty because they're they're still going to be durable. And also I put all the combi weapons on them. So on the turn that they arrive, they can immediately do something. They can shoot and take something out. And you can, for the same points, instead of plasmas, you could put melthas on them if you want them. I just like the, the, the plasma on them. So this gives you still that element of teleporting Terminators, but you're, it's only half of the ones that you had before instead of all of them. And then I changed their war gear over so that they're immediately going to affect the battle on the turn they come in as opposed to having to wait a whole turn. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. And I feel like this is a very solid list. Really, the only thing I changed from his original list, like he can still use uh, some of the Tartarus that he has. Basically, one of the big squads that he has will be essentially unchanged. The character model that he had, I basically just switched from a Thunderhammer to a Chain Fist. I feel like it's a much better choice, um, especially with the new changes to Melt Bombs or whatever. I just feel like it's better, but he could go back to running a Chain Fist instead of... Or a, Thunderhammer instead of a Chain Fist. I think they're the same points. Uh, the Terminator, you can just buy the uh, the Chaplain Terminator model from normal Games Workshop. You should be able to get that in any Games Workshop store. It's not that expensive. Um, and then you just model a uh, Storm Shield on him, uh, which is I, I think it's a very solid choice, and it'll really help that uh, uh, Tartarus unit a lot. So that's not a big deal to change. The biggest change in here is the two units of Cataphracty and the Charybdis um, that I basically put those in for the other Tartaro squad and the uh, the two uh, Vindicators. But I figured the Cataphracty should be fairly easy to source now that they're out in plastic. So really, it's just the Charybdis Claw. Hmm. It's not bad. But, but the list I wrote is 2478, so it's like 25 points shy. Just I left it shy where you could put War Gear... Uh, back in he i uh in the list i wrote the veteran sergeants don't have the artificer armor so he could throw that back on there and that would fill out his points if he wanted to i just basically looked for him but i hope this works for him um like i said I, I tried to keep it the same idea but change it to make it work better and also change the units around to make it legal so hopefully this isn't too drastic of a change where he can you know get it worked out or at least this gives him some ideas of where he needs to go with it to make it legal. Definitely. Definitely. And then bring what do you think? Did first you... turn like is much smarter than waiting for everything to come that, you know, second. Well, he still turn. has a little bit of that second turn element, but I, I like the fact that these, uh, these without the storm shields, you switch to cataphracty. So you still get a lot of that durability. It's not the full durability, but you still are four up instead of a three up. 
but instead of the shields, you have the shooting element so that you can immediately f- affect the game. And then you're not putting all your eggs in that one basket because you have the ones coming in turn one in the the claw able to assault right away. Right. So. I dig it, dude. Anyway. Yeah, I like it. So anyway, Lucas, I, I, I emailed you this list. Um, I didn't tell you in the email, you know, that your list was illegal and all that. I probably should have. But hopefully you're listening to this and you're like, why did he change my list so much? Uh, hopefully you listen to this and... Like I said, if you uh, just hit me up on Facebook Messenger, if you uh, need more help or don't like the list I wrote you or whatever, but we'll get you set up so that you have something to play at Adepticon for sure. Yeah, definitely. The reason why I asked about the Tartarus armor is that was in the Kate questions. That was one of the oh. Kate questions. Because uh, Rules is Written is the standard Terminator armor and Cataphracty Terminator armor. Standard Terminator armor is 15 points, and then Cataphracty is 10 points. But it doesn't Oh, they actually... don't say the word Tartaros. Right. Oh. Okay. So well, it's like it's like one of those things, like, I'm pretty sure it'll get clarified, but it does kind of need to get clarified. And then I guess it really comes down to what you consider standard Terminator armor. I think well, what's, are... what's weird about that is standard Terminator armor... If that was the case, it doesn't make any sense that you would pay more for it because standard Terminator has no advantage over Cataphracty other than you can Overwatch. But, but because it takes the shield, you, it takes you from a five up to a three up, though. Right, but why would you not just run? What I'm saying is, there's no advantage to normal Terminator armor over Cataphracty. So why would you not just model them as Cataphracty and put the shield on them for less points? I don't know. Be- because once you put the shield on a normal Terminator and a Cataphracty Terminator. The only difference in the rules is the one guy can run and the cataphracty can't because neither one can overwatch because the shield replaces the gun. So overwatch doesn't become a thing and neither one can sweeping advance. So really all you're getting out of it is the ability to run, which I don't think is worth the extra points. So I, I think it's very clear that they meant it to be for Tartaros guys or the extra points. Come I got you. It's come up. It's come up a few times. That's the only reason. And, and that that would worry me a little bit if I wasn't for sure, you know? That's yeah, I, I get it. About. I get why people are worried. I'm just saying, like, if I ran into somebody and they had Tartarus Terminators with Storm Shields and they'd paid the points for it, like, uh, who cares? Like, 100%. I get it. No, yeah. I, oh, no. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I just don't want to, you know... Get it clarified with Adepticon first that they're going to be cool with that. I'm pretty sure they are. The Grang Legion is very smart on this. Uh, I think you can ask like Finn Cairo or you can ask Mark Rayleigh or any of them. They're really cool. Just go to the Adepticon uh, Horus Heresy group and just get it clarified that they'll allow that. I'm pretty sure yeah. they will. But Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to care. Just before you start building the list up for Adepticon. They I'm worked sure. with me last year on the Cass and Dracos Dreadnought Drop Pod thing. Where Cass and Dracos is clearly like he's modeled as a Dreadnought. He has Dreadnought close combat weapons. In the fluff, it calls him a Dreadnought, but under unit type, it just says unique walker. <laughs> so, so rules is written all the yeah. way since the stupid-ass Badab books, and I've wrote Forge World like nine trillion emails to please, for the love of God, change his unit entry to say Dreadnought so I can quit arguing with rules lawyers that he's actually a Dreadnought and can go in something that can transport a Dreadnought. Sorry, buddy. So, anyway. So, just for that list, 
I'm sure you'll be fine, though. Yeah. All right. So last one is a 2,500-point White Scars list. It says, greetings from Keljoran Khan. I would like to thank you for your wonderful podcast. I love to listen to it while I work. I'm working on building myself a White Scars Armored Breakthrough Force and was hoping for some of your expert advice on it and any insight you might have on it. I am planning on running my brotherhood more like Rohan the Mongolian and I've always liked the Rohirman from Lord... Rohan. Rohan from Lord of the Rings. I'm kind of torn between the two lists, so please help me in my conundrum. All my force is made from GW plastic because I'm too broke for Forge World, so I may be limited on things you might suggest for them. Thank you for whatever your help we can give. Okay, so before you start reading it, Michael, yes, two lists. Just read the first one. The The first one is a lot stronger theme uh, to White Scars, in my opinion, and if I were to pick of the two exact lists that he sent us, I would definitely go with the first list. So read the first list, and then I wrote a reply list, and my reply list is based off changes to the first list. Okay. So the first thing he has is Legion Centurion, an artificer armor, a combat shield, a power glaive on a Space Marine bike with a twin-linked bolter. Then he has a Legion Praetor, an artificer armor with a Cyberhawk, digital lasers, iron halo, mastercrafted his single weapon. So I'm guessing that power glaive. the power glaive that he has. A Space Marine bike with twin-linked bolter, and he has a Legion Command Squad with four Legion Space Marine chosen. One's a standard bearer with a power fist, and he has one with a power weapon. Oh, no, he's got a Legion standard bearer, a power fist guy, a power weapon guy, and all are on Space Marine bikes. And he's got Master of Legion armored breakthrough on the Praetor. So on his troop choices, he has a Legion Predator Strike Armored Squadron. So that's got the Legion Predator tank with last cannons and machine spirit three times. So he's got three of those tanks. Uh, then he's got. So a, those are all. Those are three individual troop choices. Right. Yeah. Then he's got a Legion Tactical Squad with a Legion Rhino Armored Carrier with ten Space Marines inside of it with Legion Vexilla. They took the additional close combat weapon. And they have a tactical squad sergeant in artificer armor with melt bombs and a power fist. Then he's running an apothecarian detachment with an apothecary that has an augury scanner on a space marine bike. A legion veteran tactical squad inside of an armored legion rhino armored carrier with 10 space marines with machine killers, but two of them have melted guns. The veteran sergeant has artificer armor and a combi weapon with a power, power fist. Then he's got a Legion Attack Bike Squadron, uh, three Legion Attack Bikes. Just I'm guessing they just have heavy bolters because base. they're not up there. Yep. Yeah. A Legion Outrider Squad, which has seven Outriders, it looks like. Six Space Marine Outriders, two have power weapons, and an Outrider Sergeant. No, the Sergeant weapon. doesn't come in the squad, so that's just a six-man squad, and he's upgraded one to a Sergeant. Okay. Then he's got a Legion Seeker Squad, which has five... No, he's got four combi weapons inside there. They're inside of a Legion Rhino Armored Carrier. He's got ten... He upgraded it to ten, it looks like. Yep. And then uh, the Legion Strike Leader has Artificer Armor and a Plasma Pistol with a Power Glaive. Then he's got two Vindicator Siege Tanks, two separate units, not in the same. Both just bare-bone Legion Vindicators. And that's, and that's it. it. So, 
Um, I run a very similar list to this with my Blood Angels, so I'm very familiar with what he's trying to do here. Um, looking over his list, um, my biggest concern is anti-tank. If you look at his list, um, he's got two Vindicators. The I don't know what the Seekers have. They just say combi weapons. I don't know whether he's went Plasma Melta, so that could potentially be anti-tank. And then he's got the the Machine Killer Squad with just two Melta guns in it and a combi Melta. And then he's got some Power Fists in there, but that's really it. Like, I don't really feel like that's enough anti-tank. And he doesn't really have anything for a Spartan. Those, like, Vindicators aren't going to hurt a Spartan in the front. They're just going to point that at the Vindicators and drive right at your army. You're not going to be able to do much about it. Yeah, just those six last cannons. I mean, and they're not... Yeah. Gonna... Yeah, they're just going to glance it in the front. So, um, I wanted to basically build something in. I basically just kind of rewrote his list, and I made sure to only use plastic kits. Like, all the stuff that I built this army around, he can just... Uh, all of its plastic kits. So the list that I came up with in rebuttal to that list was a Praetor taking Armored Breakthrough, just like he did. Um, he's on a bike. He's got a Paragon Blade, Melted Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Cyberhawk. So I went with the Paragon Blade. It's just a much stronger choice than the Glaive, than the Power Glaive. Um, you could still model it as a Glaive. You can model a Paragon Blade as anything. So I would just... You know, leave, if if you already have a model built, you don't have to change it. Just call it a Paragon Blade. Right. Um, then I I kept his command squad. So his command squad is a standard bearer with power fist, uh, and then four Space Marine Chosen. Um, one of the Chosen has a power fist, and then the other three have power weapons. So I basically just put more power weapons in the unit and an extra fist. Um, and they're all on bikes, just like he had before. The second character. I didn't really understand the just running a uh, base centurion in his army. Um, like, if I take an extra character in the army, I'd much prefer to give it a console role. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just it adds more flavor and gives you another ability. So, with White Scars, they're really big into their Stormseer guys, which Love are like it. their librarians. I was just so I went, with, <laughs> I went with a I went with a uh, level two librarian and artificer armor with a four sacks and refractor field on a space marine bike instead of the centurion so the the re and i would almost always take divination with this guy uh, divination fits very well with this type of army you can uh if you end up with misfortune you can throw it on a target and everything shooting at it gains rending uh which so say they have a spartan you can throw that on there and then everything shooting against that spartan is rending so that makes like things that normally wouldn't be a threat like a melt -a gun because it, you know melt -a gun against a Spartan armor ceramite can only glance, but now on a six you'll actually score a pin because you'll get that extra D three. Um, so or just throwing it on a unit of basic guys and then shooting it with all your bolt guns and auto cannons and stuff off predators is really good. Um, the the primaris power is um, pr uh, prescience, which makes an entire unit a reroll. Uh, misses so it basically makes all your guns either twin linked or even in close combat it works it's very good basically what i'm saying is there's nothing in divination that's bad for your army so i would try to stick with divination if you take this librarian guy uh so for troops i took the same predator that he had and just added a fourth one so it's four predators all of them have last cannon sponsons but i put dozer blades on them 
um, for uh, then I took uh, a ten man veteran squad in uh, Rhino, and they have marksmen. And the Rhino has a multi melta, and then one guy has a melta gun. And then I took an identical squad, so another ten veterans in a with marksmen in a Rhino uh, with multi melta on it, and then one of the veterans has a melta gun. Uh, then for elites, or for the third elite choice, I took a apothecary on a bike, just like he had it. So the apothecary on bike, the librarian, and the praetor, and the command squad will all run together. For the first fast attack choice, I took a three a squadron of three normal plastic GW land speeders, and I gave them all three of them multi-miltas and hull-mounted graviton guns to give him a very dedicated anti-armor unit for like knights, spartans, super heavy things like that. Then for the second fast attack choice, I took another identical unit. So another three land speeders that have multi-melta um, and graviton gun. Then for the third have, uh, fast attack choice, I took five attack bikes instead of his three, and I gave all five of them auto cannons, so they can sit back real far and kill light armor and just be like a really good harassing unit. Um, that will also be once again going back to that. Uh, if you happen to roll up misfortune with divination, that's a nasty unit to start hammering away people with giving rending to all those auto cannons. Um, then for heavy support, I took uh, a vindicator with a dozer blade and a second vindicator with dozer blade. So basically the same that he had already just put dozer blades on. Right. And this list here is 2490. It's fast, dude. I love the idea of the, this, the storm seer spirit seer, whatever it's called. Like as soon as you said, like, I don't like spare consoles. I was like, man, a librarian be fucking dope. So, yeah, dude, totally dig it. And then you don't even have to use a cyberhawk. You can use a real hawk or, like, paint it up like a, a what do you call it? Um, well, he can use, what's cool is there's actually a very cool White Scars model in the new, uh, what are those guys called? The 40K, the Death Watch Marines. Okay. In the box game, there's a White Scar guy that comes with an eagle flying next to the bike. It looks really awesome. So a lot of people have been using that model. If you type you type in um, Death Watch uh, White, White Scar. Scar Biker, it'll come up. It's a very cool model. That'd be dope. So anyway, I, I, I think that this list that I wrote for him is a little more well-rounded than his. It gives him uh, much more anti-tank, which we've talked about. We talked about at the beginning of the show about armies like this got hit pretty hard with you know not being able to put melt-a-bombs on stuff to deal with tanks. Uh, so I feel like this gives him a much better answer to deal with different tanks while still having plenty of anti-infantry in it as well. For sure, dude. It's not an actual cyberhawk, it's just a normal hawk. That's pretty cool. What do you think? You like it? Yeah, I dig it. I thought that was a pretty cool model. It connects onto that little, like, piece. That's cool. Yeah, but I like the list, man. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, Adam, you like that. Um, I I tried to keep the original idea, but obviously I swapped some units around. But I did stick to all GW plastic. You could build this entire army out of GW plastic kits, including the librarian on Space Marine bike. So that's all for list, guys. That's gonna be it. Uh. 
if you have a list you want to submit in or anything like that, or you want us to, if you want to reach out to us and communicate to us somehow, uh, which our show is mostly driven by people communicating out to us at this point. So uh, just reach out to us at our Facebook page, Radio Freest Van. Uh, you can call our new hotline, 209-RFI-30K-0. And then uh, shoot us an email, ryan at warhammer30k.com or michael at warhammer30k.com. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give, Ryan? I know the free Buddhas ha- should have something coming up, right? Um, yeah, I talked to Jamie, who's running the show over there, as far as the uh, Toys for Tots things go. He said the next auction should go. He's out of town. So he doesn't have he doesn't want to put it up and then not be able to ship it if the auction ends and all that stuff because he's he's going to be out of town for the holidays. So he said it should go up right around Christmas time. So he he said the next auction, which I believe is World Eaters, uh, will go up right around Christmas time. So as soon as it goes up, we'll let you guys know. But for now, they don't. They've already auctioned those first three auctions off. There's going to be two more, and the next one will probably be around Christmas. And it's World Eaters. I dig it. I dig it. Trying to make sure we don't have anything to shout out. We got the list of podcasts. One of our listeners actually just messaged us on Facebook and literally typed out a list of all the podcasts for us. Oh, here we go. So Adam Bortner over at the in That's who just wrote that just that just wrote the that's the guy we just read his list, the White Scar list. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Well Adam who just started the Missouri 30K group. Just letting you guys know out there, Adam was talking about putting an event together, and he asked us what would be the first thing that we would do to get an event put together. And I told him the first thing that I would do is get a Facebook page to get all of the local gamers gathered together. And so that's what he did. Adam created the Missouri 30K Facebook group. So if you're in the Missouri area and you're looking for other Missouri players, I think he's already got like 15, 16 people in there when I last checked. It could be a lot more than that now. But uh, if you go, if you're in the Missouri area uh, and you're looking for other 30K players, invite them to the, or get to the Missouri 30K group and then invite your buddies. Like, make that group big and strong so y'all can have a... uh, pretty dope as little scene down there so uh adam i told you i'd give you that shout out there and i hope that uh hope that you get some players so you can start putting a badass event together we'll start uh start working with you with missions and stuff like that what else you got ryan well let me go back to we can read this list of podcasts so nicholas yeah nicholas dion yeah Go ahead and read it out. All right, guys. So Nicholas actually pulled together all of the Horus Heresy podcasts and actually put them together. So if the you're looking by area, in the UK, you have the Sons of Heresy podcast, the Geno 5-2 podcast, the Imperial Truth podcast. Then you have After Olnor. In the Swedish area, you have Don't Lose Your Head podcast, the Northern Heresy podcast, and the Varangian Heresy podcast. In the Canada area, you have the Age of Darkness podcast. In the 
U.S. You have the Covenant of Fire podcast, the Independent Characters, the Forgotten Legion, or Radio Free East Van, that's going to be us, CZ Initiative, and Australia has the Eye of Horse podcast and the Loaded Dice podcast. Uh, also, guys, if you're looking for a podcast that interviews some ridiculous authors out there, uh, and you can actually, I think, check us out on one of their coming up shows, Combat Phase. Uh, the Combat Phase podcast, we actually just recorded before this show with them talking a little bit about heresy. Uh, this guy, I think he's on 174 on his podcast. Is This is 174th episode. It's a weekly podcast about 40K, but he does have some 30K in there. And uh, Black Library reviews as well. Uh, but go give him a check out and catch us on one of his later up, uh, coming up episodes. He's got like a super awesome. mega show. Also check out the uh, is it the thirty k channel for the battle reports. Yes, um, sir. David David uh, Brains is an awesome dude. We uh, interviewed him a couple shows back or whatever. Really cool guy, and he makes ridiculous battle reports. So definitely check those out. Yeah, guys. Also, don't forget about Black Label Painting on Twitch. Uh, David Sampson, the guy who we shouted out during the this the voicemails there, he does a Twitch stream. Uh, pretty regularly he shows you can paint some of his titans. It's gonna be black label painting on Twitch, and then uh, you know what, dude? I want to give this guy a shout out just because how freaking awesome I think these tufts are. Shadow Edge miniatures, man. Uh, if you go look at our Facebook page, we shared uh, some of his tufts that he's been making. It's him and his wife that actually make these. Well, actually, I think I think he just said his wife's the graphic designer, so he might be doing all the work. I don't know. But he makes these like flower tufts. They're super badass. He has a sale going on right now. Go give him some business, man. He's a one man show. Little baby. You can you can also we have another painting, Dave. The guy that plays in my game club, uh, Perpetual Painting, uh, David. Uh, trying to think if what's something really annoying to paint. We got to send it. You got to send that to David. Uh, any like, of that new Age of Sigmar shit, like the like the the tree men stuff. Those, those seem like really hard to paint. Yeah, send him that. Send him lots of that. <laughs> if you need your Age of Sigmar tree people painted, no, I wouldn't do that to Dave. Like, I, <laughs> I, I like Dave. I don't want him to. No, I like Dave shitty. too. I just, I just like messing with him. I was over at his house the other day, and he's got crap piled everywhere. He's got so many commissions going on. So, um, his his whole painting service is based around uh, speed. If you need something done really fast or in a rush, that's kind of what his that's his special specialty. And he has good work. He has great work. He does do good work. Man, dude. We know a lot of good people. We do. So, that's going to be all I got. That's it. That's all I got, too. So, I guess uh, we'll just go ahead and sit back, let y'all listen to Mr. Ben's badass outro, and then some sweet music. How about that? There we go. Call us. Call us. Leave us some funny emails. We like playing them. It's fun. Funny voicemails. Sick. Voicemails. Voicemails and emails. We're good. Either way. Preferably voicemails because we want everybody else to hear how funny you are. You sweet, sweet guys out there. (laughs) We'll catch you later, guys. See ya. This has been a broadcast from Radio Free Isvan. Fight on, brothers, for the Imperium. The Emperor protects.